0: Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Time Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Stoll, and as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Michael Wifford. Hello. So today we are going to dive into the Aes Sedai of Tar Valin, and what we're planning to do is go over what exactly is an Aes Sedai, as well as what is a warder, and how do you become one? But first, Mike has some news for us regarding the show.
1: Mike, what do we have? So, um, this is maybe a little old news for some people, but for the Wheel of Time um, show on Amazon, it's already been released that um, Matt Cawthon's character, actor, Barney Harris, will not be returning for season two. We don't know why, Um, there's wild speculation, over that, um, it'll be interesting to see the reasoning. Um, it could be personal. We don't. We no one knows. But uh, Donald Finn will be coming in, and he was in the Witcher series, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, personally, I know a lot of people are really upset about it and are already crying. The show is doomed, but I think it's going to be fine. Um, it is it great? No, but. I think he, Donald Finn looks like, kind of like Matt should look, sort of like uh, Barney Harris looked like a good portrayal too, and I think I'm gonna wait to hold my opinion until I see season two. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with
0: you, because, like, I my gut reaction was, I heard this news of the recasting, and I was like, no, it's already ruined, but... Looking at it a little farther, like you said, we haven't even seen season one yet. And while I was excited about how Barney Harris looked as the character of Matt Coffin, and I still am, I am still excited to watch this series. I'm still excited for Donald Finn to take over this role. And if this is a character that he wanted to play, he looks the part of Matt, like you said. So, this, in my opinion, will not take away from my enjoyment of the series going forward. As long as, you know, I temper expectations and tell myself, you know, okay, we have one casting replacement going on here. If we start seeing several casting replacements, like in the next couple weeks or however long, that's when I might start to worry a little more. But for now, I don't like it, but I will persevere and I will still dig this series. So... Uh, going forward here, let's jump into the Aes Sedai. Uh, so, like I talked about earlier here, we're going to dive into Aes Sedai and Warders today. So, Mike, give us a quick explanation of what exactly is an Aes
1: Sedai. Okay, so Aes Sedai, I, I mean, we've talked about it in the last couple episodes. We briefly hit on it anyway. Um, they're like the the witches or the magic u- female magic users, well female and male technically mm-hmm. of um, this earth and so the ones that we see in the show are all female and we're going to do an episode maybe that's our maybe not our next ep- episode in the future on um, the age of legends and kind of the history of what happened bet- like, to the male and female Ice said but at least in present time, it's all female, I said I, And, um, yeah, they kind of have a seat of power. They're considered to be this very big, powerful organization. Obviously, they wield the one power, magic, in this uh, earth. But they're also a very big political power as well.
0: Right, so, like... I said I when they're using their magic they call it like wielding the one power or weaving the one power and there's a lot to be like made between the parallels of weaving fabric or yarn and the act of weaving and wielding the one power. And the reason I think you feel like this is done is because to again emphasize like the motions you're going through the combinations of the different elements of the earth fire, water, spirit, air, that you're putting together to make these different spells
1: do what they do. It's very, it's very reminiscent of like, if you play any kind of crafting game where you have to have like different elements of things, you know, combine it together to make this product. That's really kind of what Robert Jordan was going for is that you were weaving together these different elements and you created some kind of effect, whether that was healing, a giant fireball, um, (laughs) torturing people.
0: Right. Whatever it happened to be. (laughs) All kinds of things can be done with the one power. And the one thing that the one power cannot do is bring a person back from the dead. And other than that, the one power has the power to do anything you want. And... When we're talking about the Aes Sedai, there are multiple steps you have to take to become an Aes Sedai. The first of those things is you have to come to Tar the shining white city that we saw in the first trailer for The Wheel of Time. And you have to go to the White Tower as a novice. And so what a novice really does is like a novice Aes Sedai will be a person who wants to become an Aes Sedai. They can be from any background. You have beggars off of the street to noble women uh, that were come from a palace and some kind of promenade coming down to become an Aes Sedai. And the one thing that the White Tower does not do is it does not discriminate about where you come from, what you may have been before you got there. They only care about like where you're going from there so the next step coming up from novice is you become what's called an accepted so mike do you want to talk about what it means to be an accepted
1: yes um i'm trying to think of a good analogy here i think about it almost like um to make a comparison to harry potter novices are like first years Mm -hmm. accepted would probably be like year three or four they're allowed to do a lot more stuff they're allowed to play quidditch they're allowed to um practice more advanced magic
0: of course and, there's hey, no
1: actual quidditch in the wheel of time mike's using yes that that's <laughs> true that's true yes basically they have more responsibilities they even teach some classes to right, novices right. um because the I said i view that as almost beneath them a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's there's a theme there <laughs> um but um the accepted, they kind of oversee the novices, but they they are they still defer heavily to Aes Sedai and they can't be acting up at all, and they're supposed to be very responsible and following rules and it's a it's a really interesting uh, hierarchy because in the book it describes being accepted as a step below Aes I, Sedai, I, but when you're hearing about what the Accepted have to go through, versus the Aes Sedai, you're just kind of like, wait a minute, that seems like it's more like, not one step, but like 15 steps below Aes
0: Sedai. And well, one thing that it describes in the books as well is that Accepted are seen as one step below Aes Sedai by novices, but they're seen as one step above novices by Aes Sedai. And so there's a little bit of a difference in how they're viewed depending on who is viewing them there. And one thing that also happens when you become accepted is you get your serpent ring that all Aes Sedai wear. And that's basically the tower putting its branding mark right on you saying, we own you now, you know, you're, you're going to stay here. The other thing I will say is there is no set time period to go from novice to accepted. It all depends on your abilities with the One Power, how the Aes Sedai view you, and it can vary widely depending on who you are and your abilities within the One Power. Just like there's no set time period to go from accepted to Aes Sedai. But when you go from accepted to Aes Sedai, you have to go through this trial of doing a hundred different weaves. And you do this under extreme pressure from other Aes Sedai. They're all messing with you. They're doing basically torture to you to make you perform under pressure. And it is not a pretty affair to go from accepted to Aes Sedai. And women have died along the journey to try to become aes I Sedai I. but think of it kind of like anybody can become a novice but only a select few can go from novice to accepted and even a smaller percentage from accepted to full I aes I.
1: yeah and if they can't make it to full aes I Sedai I, or you know from novice to accepted they are asked kicked out of the tower basically kicked out of the white tower and um Kind of forbidden from using the white power. The one power, yeah. The one power, not the white power.
0: Right. (laughs) So something else that happens when you're accepted is you're, like Mike said, you're allowed to teach um, the novices if you're an accepted, but you are forbidden from leaving the grounds of the white tower unless you're accompanied by an Aes Sedai. So... Boys... Yeah, well, you're also forbidden from, from fraternizing with boys. Um, now, when you're a full Aes Sedai, that's not necessarily something that is forbidden. It's looked down upon, but you do cannot do that while you're an accepted. And the rationale is the Tower does not want to lose any girls that they have got their hooks into because there's so few Aes Sedai that they want to keep their numbers as full as possible. If you're able to channel, they don't want to let you out into the world without uh, Tarvalon having its hooks into you. So they don't want you to run off because you have a a child or get married. Or if you try to run away from the tower, they will catch you and bring you back to the tower. And you don't leave on your terms, you leave on their terms. So it's kind of a little spooky if you go to the tower because you give up all self-control. But when you go up from accepted to Aes Sedai, if you're able to pass the trials, do the hundred weaves, you also have to swear three oaths. So Mike, what are those oaths
1: to become Aes Sedai? Yeah, and I just want to add on too that there are tests for both accepted, um, to, for, for a novice to become accepted, and for an accepted to become an Aes Sedai. We're not going to get into those right now. Um, just because one <laughs> it's kind of a lot and then you'd have to be you'd be explaining a lot of other different things which we will probably hit in another episode. But um, three oaths which they they um, it's a special right and it kind of binds the oaths to their body mm-hmm. um, so to speak. And those oaths are to speak no word that is not true aka mm-hmm. they can't lie. They found ways around that one, though. Right, right.
0: There's a saying that the truth is never... Sorry, what an I to an eye says, it will be the truth, but it's not always the truth you're after. Because they can kind of twist their words around, so they're not outright lying, but they're not telling you the exact truth. It's not a yes or no answer.
1: It's not the, it's not the truth you think you heard. Right. Uh, to make no weapon with which one may kill another... So they can't make swords, and they can't fuse the one power into things. Um, never to use the one power as a weapon except against dark friends or shadow spawn, or in the last extreme defense of her life, the life of her warder or another Sedai. So basically, they can't use. They can use the one power to hurt someone, um, like swat them or give them a pinch. It's very distinct. Very interesting line there but they can't use it as a weapon like they can't use it to like you know smite someone just walking down the street like oh goodbye goodbye no they can't do that only against dark friends or people who are evil or people who are threatening her her sisters or her warder's life
0: and so we'll get into what exactly is a dark friend in a shadow spawn in another episode um but for now like mike said it's kind of like a last defense for you to kill with the one power but you can maim you can injure you can do all kinds of mischief just not actually take a life with the one power
1: the word in there is very interesting though like because i would consider weapons something that just hurt someone and if that were the case they wouldn't be able to use it the way they do so that's definitely not how it's interpreted <laughs> Right. It's more of like
0: a, the wording is very important when you look at the oaths because really the oaths don't mean anything (laughs) because you can twist your words to not tell the exact truth without lying. You can lie by omission. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. You can mislead, but you can't outright blatantly lie. And you can't outright kill, but you can do all kinds of things that are in some ways worse than death. Um, but when we're talking about Aes Sedai, we're also talking about a very uh, fractured group of women here that have their own ajas, their own little uh, specialty areas within the White Tower. So, Mike, why don't you tell us about the different Ajahs?
1: Yeah, so think about, like, the Ajas. I'm going to make another Harry Potter comparison here because most everyone knows <laughs> Harry Potter. True. Uh, in <laughs> Hogwarts, there's four houses. Slytherin, Ravenclaw, um, you know, Hufflepuff, and Gryffindor, obviously. <laughs> Ravenclaw. Anyway, um, <laughs> each one of those houses like is looking for different characteristics. In the Wheel of Time series, the Aes Sedai have these different Ajahs and they're each a different color and each of them, each group or each faction sort of stands or symbolizes like strong characteristics or beliefs. Um and so when th- these girls go from being accepted and they're become Aes Sedai, they then choose a house, and once they choose these houses, they typically just stay with those houses. Uh, They don't really intermingle with the other Ajahs too much outside of, you know, big meetings, and we'll get a little more into that next, but. uh, The Ajahs are the Red Ajah, which is probably one of the most infamous, Mm -hmm. and you can usually tell they're Ajahs because they're wearing that color. They're very proud of their Ajahs. Right, right. Um, So the Red Ajahs, their whole belief is that they want to stop the misuse of the one power and so that would mean going after girls who um maybe escape from the white tower or people who are using the one power um incorrectly um or but mostly they're seen as going after men who are channeling Mm -hmm. um, and they're gentling them or cutting them off from the true source then there's the green, which is the battle-aja. They usually have multiple warders. Um, they're actually very, a very interesting group because they're like really fiery, and they'll like have romantic relationships with their warders, which isn't not a common thing among the Aes Sedai. Uh They'll usually have, well, they specialize in battle, um, battle magic, I guess. And Good way to call it. Yeah. Yeah, their whole thing is to prepare for the last battle, which is when the end of the world, basically. They're going to fight the Dark One. Uh, Then we have the Blue Aja, and they're all about, like, having a cause. Going for um, having a just or righteous cause that they're really working towards. And out of all the Ajas, they have the most extensive eyes and ears, which is, like, spies, a spy network, really, throughout the entire world and they'll get information and that really helps them out with their causes. Then you have the white aja, which is all about logic and philosophy and law and like, you know, just following logic. Brown, all about they're like the librarians basically, <laughs> gathering and preserving of knowledge. They're kind of sort of hang out by themselves and just sort of asking questions trying to answer them. Um, one of the more famous ones you'll we'll see in the series is Varen she's really cool Mm -hmm. Um, and she's it's often described like when people are talking to her she has like a like a far off like she just kind of woke up sort of uh, (laughs) attitude Um, and then you have the grey Aja they are political they're the negotiators like if two nations are trying to settle a feud they'll usually go in and then the yellow Aja which are the healers And so on top of all these different Ajas, you also
0: have different positions of power within the White Tower. Such as the Amralin Seat, who is like the Queen Bee of all the Aes Sedai. And so the Amralin rules over all of the Ajas. It's said that the Amralin is of all Ajas and none. And so she usually has a seven-colored stole on... Has like all seven colors dominating her area to show she's not showing favorites. Uh, She is the one who is like seen as like one of the most influential people in the world. There's another saying that says, when the Amaralyn seat speaks, kings and queens listen. And so this applies to even people who hate Aes Sedai, such as Children of the Light. And we'll talk about who those people are later as well. Um, But outside of the Amaralyn, think of her basically as like the president. Then there's her vice president, which is the keeper of the chronicles. So the keeper of the chronicles is kind of like the note taker. And the person who is right there with the Amaralyn at all times acts as like her last line of defense as well, but also is there to make sure that things get done. And so while the Amralin is doing certain political type of duties, the Keeper of the Chronicles also helps run the ship. Then on top of that, each Aja also has their own secret head. And it's not shared among the different Aes Sedai who is the head of each Aja, and that's to try to keep the powers separate and to have each of the different Ajas have a little autonomy within the tower. So, like, the head of the blue Aja isn't necessarily hanging out, making small talk, exchanging favors with the head of the red Aja. Then there's also the sitters. And now what the sitters are is they're kind of like the Congress of Tarvalin, where Each Aja has members of the Aja that are on this Congress and act as sitters. And so what will happen is like when there's a large decision to be made, that's not a direct decree from the Amerlinn herself, the sitters get together and they talk about what's happening. And when real serious business needs to be talked about, the Amerlinn, talks about that with the sitters and it is all done there like as that shared power uh kind of like separate but equal type of situation that we have going on in the United States with our different branches of government they have that same differentiation of power within the white tower with the armerlain the keeper of the chronicles and the sitters so Something else that does happen as well with the Aes Sedai is the Aes Sedai can be sent out into the world to give political influence, to guide the ruling of different nations, and so you'll have different Aes Sedai that will, like, be at the side of different rulers throughout the kingdoms and try to make sure that they're governing the way the White Tower wants things
1: governed. They may be, like, known... Like advisors, or they may be hidden advisors because some countries don't exactly welcome uh, or have negative views about the Aes Sedai, but they, you know, the the rulers may still want some advice. So they may still be like, hey, will you come hang out with me? Just, we won't tell anyone. Very true. And like, so that's something we haven't mentioned uh,
0: in too much detail yet. There are countries or kingdoms throughout the land that, really respect Aes Sedai that give them the deference that they kind of command but then there are places that view Aes Sedai as being nothing but dark friends being people who work for the dark one like being an embodiment of evil and an abomination and want to kill Aes Sedai or have nothing to do with Aes Sedai.
1: And the common folk are, it's really interesting because you get a lot of their perspectives in the books and they, they're they very much, they're more on the uh, the second one there where they think they're evil. Like they think they just, yeah, they just manipulate people and it's just all all bad.
0: Well, I mean, I think it does, again, depend where you're talking about. Like in the two rivers where we're starting our story here, the folks in the Two Rivers don't really take too kindly to that type around there, <laughs> with uh, the Aes Sedai being almost as bad as being um, an evil person or a dark friend yourself. It's kind of interchangeable there. Whereas in other cities, like you'll go to Camelin or in um, Saldara or in any of the Borderlands and Shinar, like, the Aes Sedai are way more respected. Then you'll have places like Tier where it's illegal to use the one power within Tier, And so, like, Aes Sedai are not really welcome there. But we just went into, like, a bunch of detail there about Aes You don't necessarily need to know all of this for the show. But this is more for, like, the people who wanted a little bit more depth on what it means to be Aes Sedai or be a wielder of the one power
1: within this Wheel of Time universe. Um, so I just want to add one last thing here about I Sedai, and that's the use of the power. So we know that the one power used by men is called Sidene, and women use Sidar. And um, there's the five elements that we mentioned earlier, earth, fire, air, water, and spirit. Now male and female are stronger in certain elements than their counterpart. So for instance, males are stronger in earth and fire. Like brute strength, okay? And then women are stronger in air and water. Um, and they are also more dexterous. Like, they can, when they're doing their weaves, they can do, like, more intricate and complex weaves than uh, the males do. And spirit is kind of evenly distributed between the two genders. And that d- that will play a, that does play a part, at least in the uh, books. And I'm sure it will Rear itself in the movie Or TV show as well
0: Yeah I think that it
1: definitely will Especially if the
0: series goes on Um As long as I really hope it does So Let's get away from the Aes Sedai For a minute and talk about The people that are always with The Aes Eye, The Warders So Mike do you want to give us a reminder about What is a Warder
1: So they are um they're an Aes Sedai's bodyguard, for all yeah. intents and yeah. purposes. Um, and how this happens is they're bonded. And so it's a consensual relationship. Um, warders have to agree to become the Aes Sedai's uh, warder. <laughs> and uh, then basically the Aes Sedai will create a thread. Between themselves and the warder that connects them, and it gives perks for both of them. And so the warders are able to have greater stamina. They're stronger. They're able. They have a higher ability to resist evil. They can sense shadow spawn at a distance. Increased healing when they get injured. Uh, resistance to injury, and they can sense the Sedai's emotions as well. So speaking of like sensing their emotions, like one thing that can happen
0: is if an Aes Sedai is killed, the warder feels all of that rage, all of that pain built up inside of them as if what just happened to the Aes Sedai happened to them as well. So when an Aes Sedai is killed, their warder will often go into a frenzy and try to kill whatever killed their Aes Sedai. And... It's said that a warder will not survive the death of their Aes Sedai. And what will happen is if a warder is not killed in the attempt to avenge the Aes Sedai, they will lose all desire to live. They will no longer take care of themselves. They will just slowly wither away and die. Now, when a warder is killed, an Aes Sedai goes through something a little bit similar but slightly different. Now, the Aes Sedai doesn't necessarily give up on life and stop wanting to live, but they'll feel that pain, they'll feel that rage. They will They will also try to avenge the death of their warder a lot of the times, but an Aes Sedai will usually get over the loss of their warder after a few months or however long it takes for them to bond a new warder. They say, like, one of the best ways for an Aes Sedai to get over her dead warder is to bond a new warder. Which is a little bit messed up if you think about it. It's kind of like, you know, the best way to get over someone is to find somebody new. Makes a little sense there uh, with the Aes Sedai and warder relationship because you have such a close connection that it's beyond romantic. It's kind of just like they feel each other living. So you have that going on. One thing that we haven't talked about as well is that this bond is done with the One Power. And just like a lot of things that are done with the One Power, it can be undone. So there have been rare occasions where an Aes Sedai and a Waters bond will be broken consensually as well. But a lot of the times... It's a life partnership until the warder or Aes Sedai or both end up dying
1: there. And um, one last little bit on it is the said I can't... If the Aes Sedai does give a direct order to the warder, they... They have to obey it. Yeah. So warders get some good stuff out of the deal and Aes Sedai get some good stuff out of the deal, so... For sure. All right, well... We went into probably a little more
0: detail than we have about any of the other topics here. But we felt like this topic of Aes Sedai's and especially with what we're going to be getting into with this being a brand new series for a lot of people and having questions about it. We felt like it was worth giving a little bit more time to the Aes Sedai as well as giving a little bit of a light into the water and the perks of being a warder and what it means to become one. Um, so with that being said, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about Mike, before we get on out of here? No.
1: I think that's it for me.
0: All right. So just to give you a quick reminder here, um, as always, if you have any questions, have any suggestions about what we should talk about next or just want to like, shoot us a question for your, like, your theories or... Or anything like that. You can do that at, wheel of time at gmail.com for an email. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WOTRewind. And we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And we really hope to hear from you guys. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you at the next Turning of the Wheel. Goodbye. Bye.